is an 11 year anniversary of one of my favorite players winning the MVP. Who? Derek Rose? Yes, sir. Nice. Okay. Nice. There you go. D Rose. I like that. Well, D Rose. 11 years ago. What a legend, man. D Rose well, actually. D Rose love. D Rose actually had like one of the most interesting careers. Like, unfortunately, one of the most in- interesting careers. Like, the youngest guy to ever win an MVP. And then, you know, unfortunately, because he could jump out of the gym, the thing that made him so great ended up harming him. I feel like there's like a a Spider-Man or a Batman or a Superman quote in there. Chris, can you tell me if I'm wrong? I feel like there's a Dark Knight quote in there. Isn't it the... Um, what happens at the know. end of the Dark Knight? Um, you either live long With enough... Great to... responsibility comes oh, great power. Like, you live no, long that's enough. Spider-Man, but it's like you either... Um, that's what is it? You either live you long either enough die to see a hero, yeah, die or hero, live long, long enough, enough to see yourself. We got a villain, it. but that doesn't exactly. apply. Some, that somewhere apply. he wasn't a villain, but you know what I mean. He like it was the, the to the sense where it was like the thing that made him so great is what kind of hurt him in the end. His explosiveness, his ability to jump out of the gym. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Derrick Rose, and I've seen comparisons in terms of the situation that happened with Derrick Rose that really kind of ended his knees careers with the Embiid mm-hmm. thing. I didn't know this um, about Derrick Rose, but when it happened, when that major injury happened to his knees, he really shouldn't have been in the game. Is that correct, uh, Sivash? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was fourth quarter and they were up by 30, mm-hmm. but uh, Tom Thibodeau still kept him in the game and then they went on to lose that series to the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And ironically, you know, we're ta- I'm, I'm mentioning Joel Embiid. There's conversations about him being in, you know, when he really didn't need to be the orbital bone, um, the concussion, how that affects Philadelphia's series going forward. Um, so shout out mm-hmm. to Derrick Rose and, you know, well wishes to Joel Embiid. But... Let's bring it into another episode of the Love It Up podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tobias. I got Chris and Sivash with me. Boys, we're back for another late night edition. And I remember the last time that we did a late night edition, it was like Love It Up after dark. And there was a lot of maybe risque things <laughs> that were said. Um, so let's maybe try to keep it PG, at least PG 13 today. But Chris, I'll start with you. How you doing today, man? Lame. I'm not too bad, boys. Doing pretty good. You know, obviously, lots gone on in the world of basketball since we last recorded. Unfortunately, my boys are out now, you know, so a little sad to see them go, but it was still a great series. Great mm-hmm. series. Yeah, well, uh, you before guys. you go on, uh, Siavash, like a great thing to take away, and we can touch on it, you know, as we kind of recap the first round and then talk about the second round, even though it's already started. We're currently watching mm-hmm. the Golden State Memphis game, game two, right now um, in the fourth quarter. But, you know, one thing you can definitely take away from the Raptors season, but especially the Raptors in the playoffs, is it's still, it, you know, they're kind of like a tweener team. There's They have mm-hmm. experience and they have a lot of youth, um, which is just positive for them going in the future. You know, you're exactly. able to get six yeah. games in the playoffs. That was more experience for, for some young guys that, that might not have had that experience. Um, Steve Ash, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, dealing with a bit of allergies. I got a chance to see Chris uh, on the weekend, but even at the mirror of, visiting him i have got my allergies acting up brutal 
So right. I've been in bed all day, and if you see the amount of tissues I've used all day, you would think this is a house full of high school boys. But <laughs> I am doing a lot better, and I'm here to talk. You know, I'm in, you know, you might not see the excitement, but I'm excited to talk about fair. basketball right now. Yeah. Now, are you sure it wasn't the cats? Because I know you have this this ongoing feud with Chris's two cats as well. Are you sure the yeah. cats didn't maybe play a little bit of a part there? Yeah, I think they left some evidence on Chris's uh, attire, and that's where it got my allergies acting up. You know, yes, shout out hi. Alan. Is it is your cat named Alan? Alan, <laughs> it's actually Al, but um, it's okay. It's close. It's close. Alan the cat. We we do love a good pet with a good boring human name for though. sure so paul for sure hector what was your other hector. cat's name ed ed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also nice. another a good name. plain simple name um how do we want to start this do we want to give a take of the week i'll be honest with you i'll think of one as you guys are speaking um but we can start with a take of the week uh or we can just get right into maybe a recap of the first round that was yeah um I'll be honest with you, I do not have a take of the week with me. Okay. Um, I think we should maybe get started with the recap yeah. of the first round, and then we can get to that if there is any For takes sure. of the week. For sure. Beauty. Um, okay, so I guess we will start... Uh, where do you guys want to start? you want to start in the East or in the West? Would you kind of give sure. a quick run-through? My team got eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a quick run-through. We can start in the East. Um, so let's start with that first matchup. The Miami Heat versus the Atlanta Hawks. I know we talked about um, some lack of production from some of the guys there. Um, but uh, what was kind of your takeaways, uh, Chris? First of all, I'll start with you. Um, basically on the Heat, how they performed, how that's going to affect them moving forward, and what the, what the Atlanta Hawks need to do you know, to actually have a competitive playoff run next year. Um, well, as far as like watching like the, the Heat there play, the Heat played like extremely well. You know, they essentially blew out the uh, the Hawks there without two of their main backcourt guys for a couple of games there. And it was just, you know, what what can the Hawks do? You know, you're relying on that man, Trey Young, and he just was not producing. And I think just, again, kind of like similar to like Toronto, like the Heat, it just has bodies that they can just kind of throw around and every player can do something and they can perform. Whereas the Hawks, it's, you kind of get stagnant if Trey Young isn't performing. So I think the uh the heat just going down the line, it just they're gonna have a good time. I think they're probably, you know, again, not getting too much into the you know the next round predictions, but yeah. Heat Heat will play well against their matchup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the Heat do play um you know, we talked about them off the top. They do play the Philadelphia 76ers in the next matchup, and we'll give that, give our predictions here a little later on in the episode. Um, but, you know, that can be a competitive series for them if, mm -hmm. you know, the, the big man that we were talking about is available. Um, Siavash, what are your thoughts? What were your, you know, takeaways from the Atlanta Hawks and Miami Heat series? Uh, a lot of what Chris mentioned. Um my one of my biggest takes away from this series was how Trey Young was being guarded and how much that bothered him and the uh, Atlanta Hawks offense. Mm -hmm. So I'm just excited to see what they're going to do next season and how they're going to bring in more options for Trey Young for sure. Now, with you know, we talk about guys like LeBron or Ben Simmons and surrounding them with shooters. Trey Young's obviously the focal point of that team. What do you think the Atlanta Hawks need to do to surround? Like, what piece do you think that the Atlanta Hawks need to surround Trey Young with next season? 
I think they definitely need to bring in more defensive, uh, primitive defensive players um, when it comes to it, because everybody on that uh, defense was getting haunted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talks going on. We're going to get to another team that did get eliminated, but they need to bring in more defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I I agree. Like, you know, just defense would also help them, I think, in consistency. I think if you take some expectations or a role off of Trey Young and just allow him to focus on being a point scorer and a facilitator, maybe that, you know, takes the pressure off him. Maybe he won't shoot 8% in the first game of the playoffs. <laughs> you know, we saw how impressive he was last year in the playoffs. King, yeah. He's the king of New York, right? Everyone, people boo Trey Young at like Yankees games. So um, he definitely <laughs> has a hold on on that, uh, the city of New York and the, the New York fan base. Um, okay, we'll move on to the second matchup, a matchup that was going on today. Um, one of the teams we're, we're playing today, the Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. This was a sweep. Whoa. None of us had a sweep. Like, right. I think there was only maybe one or two sweeps predicted in the whole first round, but none of them was it was in this series. So, Steve Ash, I'll start with you this time. Boston and Brooklyn, what, what was your takeaways from that series? I was just about to ready to love it back up to Chris because he had the Nets winning in seven. That's true. I did. That was an interesting part. But um, I think that's just a great uh, situation to show you how one team does so great and then the other team is failing so bad that mm -hmm. it's just coming together it was an easy sweep um i think there was a lot of things going on kd being shut down um kyrie uh shutting it down after game two in my opinion okay wow when i talked to you guys about it um i did not think he was going to come out in game four because mm -hmm. he did not want to go back to boston again mm -hmm. um yeah. so and there's again there's a lot of pieces around the those two guys that just weren't performing either. And he, they got to reevaluate the roster, but for this series, they were definitely outmatched. That was definitely the worst matchup they could have gone against. Yeah, for sure. Uh -huh. Now, Chris, I'll ask you the same question I asked Steve Ash in the first round. What do you think Brooklyn needs to do next year to surround, you know, Kevin Durant or just this team in general, you know, with success to win? I mean, it's, again, it's like they have, good pieces as it is now but i think it's just finding a way to get these pieces to cohesively work together to actually become like kind of like a team mm -hmm. um you know again my game seven pick really depended on ben simmons sure back because i thought ben sure. simmons could have been um that like x factor obviously the guy still has some stuff going on between the ears a little bit of mental stuff that's now transitioning and you know manifesting itself into physical pain i guess so hopefully he can deal with that in the off season fix that and gets added into the rotation so maybe it takes a little bit of that burden off of like Kyrie, opens up some more spacing for kevin to shoot and do his thing because all series tatum had him locked up mm -hmm. and there's literally nothing he could do yeah so and with kevin and Kyrie being the only people kind of producing like most nights it's mm -hmm. it's easy who are you gonna match up with? yeah well, i'm gonna just guard him shut him down yeah i'm actually glad that you brought up the ben simmons thing i'd like to ask both of you do you think ben simmons you know there was hopefulness that he was going to come back to the playoffs mm -hmm. whether it was game one or game two and it was pushed back um, and then inevitably he didn't come. And of course the troll reporters online were after Brooklyn had been swept, they were like, 
Ben Simmons announces he's ready to come back for game five. Well, obviously they were slept, so he was yeah. not right. Do you think, um, you know, do you think that that might harm something in the locker room? Do you think that might affect some of the chemistry? This guy's just traded there in March or late February and never even laced up for them was expected to lace up in the playoffs and then didn't. Do you think that that might affect some of the chemistry? No, no, I don't think so. No. Um, not especially not from that if there is issues before that like him lying or him just backing out sure for a better use of word like if he backed out of that situation that's different but from these reports or um just in general about what rumors are going on mm-hmm. i don't think so yeah yeah exactly because like if if the brooklyn nets could have already worked through like you know Kyrie not playing half of the season and all of that kind of going on and all of that you know friction between him Harden and stuff what Simmons did is basically nothing Mm -hmm. it's just water off a duck's back at this Mm -hmm. point they're like you know what it's whatever we didn't they probably didn't even expect the guy to even lace up Mm -hmm. obviously every team is going to report that you were going to want our superstars to lace up but realistically they probably knew he wasn't coming back till next year so now we'll probably get into this a bit later in a segment that I have for you guys, but I'd like to know, you know, right before we move on to this next series, when we talk about the Greek freak, um, Steve Ash, do you think Steve Nash returns as the head coach next year? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the move that they're going to make. Okay. Uh, if there's movement, I think it's going to be with the surrounding pieces. Mm-hmm. Maybe again, this, mm-hmm. If they want to really risk it, maybe there's a movement, some movement with Ben Simmons, okay. but I do not think that the coaching is going to be, there's going to be any movement there. Okay. Okay, cool. We'll get into that Ben Simmons possible move a bit later, but let's talk about the Greek freak, who is another guy that obviously played today. They were playing against Boston, um, but the first series, and Sivash, I'll let you start. This is your team, the Bucks versus the Bulls. You know, I'll be honest with you. I I placed a a three-leg parlay, series betting, having the Pelicans, the Mavericks, and the Bulls moving on, moving past the first round after I saw the Bulls' performance in Game 2. However, Giannis, being Giannis, quickly shut a lot of people up. And they came out, they rolled the next three games. What was your takeaway from that um, series? And, uh, you know, what what do the Bulls need to do um, next season to have more success? Uh, I think we definitely need another big in the rotation. Um, Vucevic is just not a good match for that matchup. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that matchup was probably the worst matchup we could have ran through. Yeah. But outside of that, I think we just need to come back healthy. Would you have rather the Celtics? Like, I mean, obviously, you said that's the worst matchup, but would if you had a choice between the Celtics, because they had the exact same record, right? Would you have rather the Celtics? Of course. I, I mean, I would have, maybe. Yeah. Um, the defense is definitely a lot better than the Bucs, but um, I, maybe I would have taken that just because of the matchups that we had. Mm-hmm. Who on the Celtics is going to body us to the basket the way Giannis does? Mm-hmm. Who creates as much of a threat on the inside? Tatum is a great inside um, threat, but I still would have wished someone else. Yeah. Uh, um, Chris, what were your thoughts on, on that? I know Giannis is your guy. You're a big Giannis fan. Um, you know, how, how much did you watch this series? And, you know, what, what was your takeaways from that series? I didn't watch, like, these series, like, too, too much. Like, I kind of started paying attention after, like, 
game two, and I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. this, you know, this could be a series after, you know, DeMar dropped his, what, 42 points, something like that, or 41. Yeah, a big second game. But, uh, so I was like, okay, like, we've got some competitive basketball. And then after, like, the third game, it was basically a 30-point blowout. I was like, yeah, no. I just kind of, like, just kind of stopped because, like Siavash said, they didn't really have anybody that's going to step up to guard Giannis. Nobody's going to stop him. Mm-hmm. Watching him now in, like, these series, you can see, like, the Celtics are throwing two, three guys at this guy and clogging the lane so he yeah. can't drive to the basket and do his Greek freak stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so. he's, he's definitely a machine, and, like, I think mm-hmm. he's going to go down as one of the greatest. I mean, his resume is so impressive, and he's still under 30 years yeah. old. So, um, incredibly yeah. impressive. Um, but I'm going to come back to you here, Chris, and I want you to tell me about the 76ers and Raptors series. That was a very competitive series. We talked about it off the top. A lot of experience for this young young team. But mm-hmm. what did you see in this series? What were your takeaways in this series? Um, and what do the Raptors need to do for next season for them to have a more competitive season? Well, just watching these games, especially those like early few losses, a lot of that was... You know, yes, I would say there was just some poor refing. Some calls obviously weren't going the Raptors' way when they should have been. But a lot did fall back on the shoulders of the Raptors. Raptors just making dumb mistakes. You know, Nick Nurse not maybe calling some timeouts when he should. It's like, oh, okay, sick. Philly's gone on like a 12-0 and run now. Are we going to call a timeout? No? Perfect. We'll just let them keep doing their thing type of stuff. Um, and just... You know, some of our, our top guys just not performing. Again, to be fair, Gary Trent was, like, sick. Yeah. Um, You had, like, Fred get hurt kind of thing. But, again, still shooting very low percentages. Um, you had maybe some of the rookies getting, you know, the jitters and stuff. But then that kind of went away. Um, So I just think it's just they're just going to need a little more confidence in themselves, like, next year. As well as, you know, just keeping that defensive, like, intensity from, like, tip off Mm -hmm. you can't like pick it up at like you know the end of the third like now when you're trailing by like 18 sure type of thing so sure see Ash, what about yourself what did you see from that series i what i saw was the future is bright Mm -hmm. i think that's the easiest way to put it um even some guys like precious Mm achua oh bro this guy was balled out Mm -hmm. balled out yeah it's it's looking good for them um in this series, I think one of the biggest takes away, takeaways is the their defensive rotations. I think in Game 6, that was their biggest uh, mm-hmm. weakness. That was a place that made the biggest mistakes. When Harden came out and they came out with a different game plan, they just couldn't perform. But for the most part, sure, they could have pulled that uh, 3-0 comeback. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they should be disappointed. No, definitely no. not. Um, probably one, one, of my, or one, one or two of my biggest takeaways... Um, you mentioned uh, one of them already, Chris, just Fred Van Fleet and how productive and I feel like how more, how much more efficient they were without him. That's not to say that Fred's a bad player. We know Fred was an all-star. It was just you really saw the defensive aspect of their game, that kind of model that I think is kind of the Raptors style, that grit and grind sort of defensive style switchability you know, improve when Fred was off the court. But the number one thing that I noticed and you know, I was kind of upset about because I was, you know, I was a big fan of him. I had him as my most improved player of the year. Um, I had some bets laid on him. It was when Scotty came back, OG really kind of said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to defer. You know what I mean? I'm going to let 
these guys do a bit more they can take on a bit more and it's like i would have liked to see og continue the production and continue the aggressiveness that he was um showing without scotty without fred um and kind of consistently keep that up uh before we move off that i think that is a definitely that is one of the biggest takeaways from that series sort of season is i don't think they have a go-to guy mm. pascal could be the guy but Again, OG, whenever he was the guy, it did, it did seem like they were doing good. For sure. I think they need a go-to guy. Yeah. Um, okay, we'll slide over to the West, and we'll start at the top again. Um, the Suns and the Pelicans. It was actually pretty competitive, a lot more competitive than people thought. I th- mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I picked a sweep with the Suns. Um, but obviously, yeah. D-Book went down, um, got injured. Did eventually come back but we really saw the pelicans kind of show their youth as well speaking of the raptors we shot we saw the pelicans show their youth show their tenacity um their grit and ability to you know keep playing um see if i'll throw it to you what was your big biggest takeaway from this series um and just you know let us know your thoughts on the pelicans in this first year since however long they've been in the playoffs I think very much similar to the Raptors. They just showed out how good they can be. Guys like Herbert Jones, Jose Alvarado, um, Brandon Ingram coming out. That was really like a good series for them. And to see them do that and the potential of who they can have on their team next season, yeah, I can definitely see them being a top four seed if the man Zion Williamson decides to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, otherwise, for Phoenix, I think... There wasn't a lot of disappointment. Of course, D-Book going down was going to be a bit of a challenge, but they pushed through it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you, you mentioned the Pelicans possibly being a top four seed. I definitely see that as a possibility. The West, you know, the East was very impressive. The East was very competitive this year. The West will be a conference to watch next year, as as will the East. But the West will be a conference to watch next year, you know. Of course, the Lakers are going to, you know, try to make their way back to where they should be. You know, the Clippers mm-hmm. will have some guys coming back from injuries. How will the Grizzlies do? How are the Timberwolves do? You know what I mean? What What's going to go on with Portland? Are they going to get rid of Dame? Are they going to get a piece in there? So it'll be very interesting to see how that West shapes up. You know, the Nuggets. What happens with the Nuggets? Um, so that'll be definitely interesting. But Chris, what were your thoughts um, on this Pelican Sun series? And what do the Pelicans need to do to make themselves more competitive and have a better season next year? Um. Yeah, like I agree with like a lot of what like C said, um, you know, watching them, they just, yeah, did kind of show like their age, like a little bit, um, in regards to them, like how they played. I think they do have like a great set of guys right there. And then just with that addition, um, of Zion, Mm -hmm. again, it's just going to create more defensive pressure, more offensive, like looks, chances, things like that. Um, so I, I honestly don't think they need to change like too, too much, like coming next year. So you again, just working it's. Yeah. So ahead. you think it'll be as easy as just sliding Zion into that four, and then they can be like, okay, this is what we had this year. You know, Zion's been with the team the whole time, so it's mm-hmm. not like he's been away or anything. Um, but you think yeah. it'll be just as easy as just kind of integrating him into the system? I don't think it'll be just as easy. Okay. Um, like, I think there will be, like, a little bit of an adjustment period, mm-hmm. but I think they, they definitely will get rolling a lot faster than people probably expect For sure. to get going into For sure. the season. For sure. Because um, like you said, Zion's been there the whole time. It's not like he's been away from the team. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think, Chris, you had mentioned it in this conversation about the Pelicans. But going on to this 2-7 to seed, 
what I saw was a lot of mm-hmm. immaturity. A lot of immaturity. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought this game, this series was just going to go to seven because of the expression of emotions, which is a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's good to be passionate, but sometimes, you know, you can't let your, your emotions dictate the style, you know, the, the gameplay that you have. Um, but Sivash, what did you see from this series? Grizzlies, Timberwolves, the young, two of the youngest teams in the NBA. <laughs> Um, I know I know see just had he in Minnesota now. <laughs> as soon as he says that's it, that's what's going through his head. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm sitting here just giggling yeah. to myself. Um I I just thought of a great uh great saying and I think might be able to explain this, it might not. It it's might not, not we in Minnesota now, is it? No, no, no. Um to use what Tobe always has uh coin coined as a term dog on one side we had dogs on one side we had cats i just thought it was immature and it was (laughs) it was just like two sides trying like you know different things like we saw how jaw reacted in those situations and then we saw on the other side they talked their shit but then they lost the game every game yeah so it definitely immaturity Mm -hmm. and i think you know i think it was good for both sides we're gonna see how they're gonna play next season now what do you guys think speaking of next season what do you guys think the timberwolves need to do next season you know i just talked about how competitive that west is going to be who's going to be a top four seed who's going to be a play-in team you know who's going to slide in that five six what do the timberwolves need to do because you know as uh chrissy mentioned a couple times this season there's a big three there uh see if ash will always rebuttal with a medium three uh yeah medium Medium three three. but uh what do you yeah what do you guys think that uh they need to do next season um to maybe just avoid the play-in or you know how can they grow up essentially next year Mm, that's like a that's a tough question yeah how can they grow up you know it's just may again you know you you got the young core they're going, doing their thing. Um, maybe it's just better managing emotions. So that way they are able to close out games. Because when they are, you know, like you said, emotions great for the game. You know, can swing the tide in either or direction for you. Unfortunately, it did seem like the emotions were swinging the tide in the opposite mm-hmm. direction for yeah. Minnesota almost every time. You know, you had Cat being somebody who he isn't. And often ended up looking stupid or dumb yeah. at the end of these games because it's like you're out here shit talking, you're doing these things that you don't normally do at all, and now your team just lost because you choked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like you, you know, you mentioned a bit of you know kind of leadership in general, and Sivash, I'll let you you know give your comments on this as well. And I know he just, I'm pretty sure, just signed a multi-year deal and. That's all, you know, nice and dandy, but um, a big standout for me was also the coaching. And it's like with a young team like this, I almost wonder if a veteran coach is more suitable in a team like this um, to kind of, you know, show them how to act, but more importantly, take a time out when they're losing, you know, on a 20 point run. But Sivash, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, they're not going to fire Chris Finch, um, you know, just after year one. Um, but what are your thoughts on, again, how they can mature next season and maybe your take on, on Chris Finch as the coach and some of his blunders in the playoffs? I think Chris Finch, you know, I think we just got to look at it from the Minnesota's perspective. Mm-hmm. 
they just made the playoffs after a few years ago. Like, I think it was 2017 they made it yeah. with Jimmy. Yeah. But before that, it had been, like, over 10 years KG, before they yeah. made it. So, for them, I'm sure this is a great success, even though they lost in six. I think they're going to run it back the same. Um, but if I am anybody who cares about Minnesota Timberwolves, I would definitely want them to rebuild around Cat mm-hmm. and Anthony Edwards. Okay. Um, that's the pieces. D'Lo was real quiet mm-hmm. during that series. So yeah, very inconsistent. If, yeah. So they got to start looking into what they want to surround those guys with. And again, credit to Pat Bev. I think he did have an effect on them and keeping sure. a guy like that around is going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we just talked about Memphis and I'm going to, we're going to talk about the Warriors, but before I mention that we're watching this Memphis and Golden State Warriors game live. It is in the fourth, oh. it is in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think there's like two minutes left. I'm, they're doing a highlight reel, so I'm just trying to pass time until I see the score, but it's yeah, 132 it's on my clock, 199 for the Memphis Grizzlies with Dang. the Golden State Warriors in possession. So um, speaking about the Golden State Warriors, we have the Golden State Warriors versus Nuggets series and i believe we all took the nuggets with one caveat that i had to explain to multiple people in my tiktok comments oh my we made these picks before we knew of you know steph curry coming back we made these picks Mm -hmm. of before we knew when luke was coming back which is why i had the jazz i think one of you also had the jazz i can't remember I'm pretty sure you I had the Mavs, I, right, uh, Chris? I had the Mavs. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Um, I had the Mavs, too. Oh, well, I guess I was the only person that had the Jazz. <laughs> I but believe in Huka Dantich. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that was those picks were made before we knew about Steph, and Steph really showed out. Of course, you know, you got to give your flowers to Jordan Poole as well, but um, mm-hmm. Jordan Poole had some off games at, you know, at the end there, uh, but Steph was pretty consistent his whole way. So uh, what were your takeaways, Chris, from that? Steph or that uh, Steph that Warriors versus Nuggets um, series and um, you know tell us about how impressive Jokic was even though they didn't uh, you know didn't win the series bro Jokic Jokic oh oh sorry (laughs) uh, Draymond just being fucking Draymond and he might have fucked up for the Warriors but anyways super impressed with Jokic and just this guy getting constantly hacked hit doing his thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anytime he's trying to play, still not complaining, going up, getting bored. So Joel Embiid takes some notes yeah. for next year. That's how you become a center that leads your fucking team, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, super impressed with how they did. Uh, they managed to what, sneak out one win, right? One dub. Yeah. yeah. Which, gentlemen sweep. But again, a lot of this stuff depended on if Steph was coming back, mm-hmm. if Steph coming back. It's just it's just too much, too much to guard, too much to work with, and him being him, him being Jokic, yeah, that's all you can really expect from the and, guy. And you mentioned, you know, that they got one win, and you know that was off of a Steph Clay and maybe not Jordan Poole, but definitely a Sle- Steph and Clay poor shooting night, and the, mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets literally doing everything right, um, and they were able to squeeze out that win. So you know, I also want to give some flowers to Aaron Gordon. He was also I was also very impressed by him in that first round. I think you know one or two of the games he wasn't you know doing as well, but you know just even the fact of him going at Draymond like that's a that's a task in itself. Um, so yeah. I, I want to give him flowers for sure. Now you just imagine, you know, that team, add Jamal and add uh, MPJ. Mm-hmm. So that'll be definitely impressive. But uh, 
Sivash, let me know what your thoughts were on that series. And, you know, same question I asked Chris about the Pelicans with Zion. Is it as easy as just integrating those two next year, or do they, de- do they need to do something else um, to, you know, make, make themselves a more competitive team next year? Well, I don't think it's a uh, problem at all in bringing those two guys mm-hmm. back because they've already played with Jokic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've already been part of the system. Sorry, I'm just constantly looking at the score here. I know. I, got I know. 49 I seconds, 102, 99. They got two buckets. They got three throws. So um, I'm looking at the play-by-play, so oh, I'm ahead of you guys. I, I don't want to yeah. score anything now. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm at 40 seconds. To keep it on the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to keep it on conversation. Um, yeah, I think those guys are going to be back, and it's not going to be a problem at all. Um, and Jokic, we saw him play his mind, out of his mind this series. So mm-hmm. anybody that had any doubts about um, Jokic being the MVP, yeah. they just got to watch that playoff series and see how 100%. much he was carrying. 100%. Although MVP doesn't incorporate the playoffs, I definitely agree. That just kind of extended you know, the proof for people um, to see how, how great of a player he is um, and how much he deserves that award. Um, final series of the West, final series of the first round, Dallas versus Utah. This is actually a very interesting series. Um, a lot of back and forth. Um, but, you know, like I said to uh, one of my buddies in our sports betting group chat, the Dallas Mavericks were down, I think, by 20 at the half. He was pretty pissed off because I told him, like, just bet on Dallas. And I'm like, brother, trust me. I'm like, basketball is a game of runs, and they're playing against the one team in the league that suffers the worst back half of games. They can just, they cannot hold on to leads. Um, but, uh, Chris, what were your thoughts in this uh, series? Um, and, uh, you know, how impressive was Luka Doncic, in your opinion, uh, watching him this year? Man. Luca, fucking lights out, brother. I love watching this guy come back and just basically have his way with the Jazz and just mm-hmm. essentially making them implode. Because, you know, you had Donovan Mitchell, you had Rudy Gobert. Um, just, uh, they're both quiet, too. Yeah. Like, you know, you didn't, I mean, I'm not going to say quiet. Rudy was still giving you, like, double-doubles and stuff like that. But, you know, it's it's hard. How are you going to guard, like, a big guard like Luca? I think even at one point he went at Rudy hit him with like a couple pump fakes still and he's just like you can't guard me this guy can't guard me mm-hmm. and it's just like i loved it absolutely yeah. love seeing that yeah so you know i i think uh utah's gonna have to shake some shit up um and, and somebody's out of there like next year definitely sure. and we'll get to that in a segment that i'll bring to you guys here in a bit um just about a bunch of potential moves uh in the off season and the start of next year but see Ash, i want to hear from you without giving too much away so we keep the segment as the segment. But what do the Utah Jazz need? It feels like this is a conversation that happens every year. We don't even talk about the Utah Jazz. But <laughs> no, what no. do the Utah Jazz need to do to make themselves a competitive team next year? We've seen this pretty much this same squad be a number one seed in, in, in the West. You know, We've seen them have a competitive team, have consistent wins in the regular season. But as everybody knows, the regular season is not the playoffs. So what does the Utah Jazz need to do to make themselves a competitive team in the playoffs? I do not have an answer. I have no idea what they have to do. I was going to say, if you um, did, Danny Ainge might be calling your phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he would just have to listen to this episode, and then he would have yeah. to answer. We can then bill him out for that. Yeah. But 
yeah, I don't know. To be honest, uh, there's a lot of flaws going on with that team. The biggest one I think was that was displayed this uh, series was Donovan Mitchell's defense. That's not being talked about a lot, enough, I think. Um, just seeing him get hunted on every pick and roll, it was disgusting. It was, uh, I'm not going to say the analogy that came to my mind for that, but yeah, it was not looking good for him. Mm-hmm. So I think defense is definitely going to be a emphasis point for them. Um, weird to say with Rudy Gobert on that team, but we're going to get to that different point of the podcast, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, I think it was just a, it was more of a failure by Utah than it was a success by Dallas. John Moran's got 45 points. Sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I have, a, I have actually a stat that I'd like Stan to bring. Um, shout out to Woj retweeted this from Ohim. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. But uh, John Morant joins LeBron James and Kobe Bryant as the only players with multiple 45 point games in the playoffs before turning 23 years old. So shout out to Jaw. That's very wild. impressive. Very impressive. That's my rookie of the year right there. <laughs> yeah. I also, again, <laughs> I, I missed the back half of the. Of the uh, of the game but i also have some buddies messaging me saying grizzlies were handed the game by the refs so i don't know what happened of course there's always going to be Maybe. the refs did this the refs mm-hmm. did that um especially when you have money on the line um but if i could ask you guys one more question before we mm-hmm. go on to our round two predictions even though the uh, round two's already started you know we'll just give our predictions that we had made off the top if you had to take the whole first round of the playoffs this year what is what was your favorite moment or what was your most surprising moment? What was the one moment that stuck out to you and you're like, "Fuck, I love the NBA playoffs." What was that one moment that you know wow. you could point to in five years and be like, "This happened in the 2022 playoff in the 2022 playoffs," and it was my favorite. I'll give you guys you know a bit of time to think. Um, we had a lot of moments. You know, we had of course, like we mentioned, the Jaw and Ant series going back and forth, very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden State just you know returning to form as they usually do. Um, Milwaukee kind of happened their way with the Bulls after uh, Game Two. But what what sticks out to you guys? What's more, what's the most impressive to you, or surprising, or whatever adjective you want to use? I'll mm-hmm. toss it to anybody. Whoever has the first idea. I got you. Um... I'm going to go with the Warriors and Nuggets series, and I'm going to call this the Jordan Poole coming out party. Mm-hmm. I think he had an impressive start. Yeah. I mean, even this game, he had 20 points. So for this guy to come out and do this, he's definitely going to be a great player for years to come. Mm-hmm. I just want you to know I did not ug your take. I ugged because I remembered seeing what they were fucking calling Jordan Poole. Like, they're like, oh, it's the Splash Bros and the new swimming pool. That's How are you going to name the man of the new swimming pool? That's that is dumb. literally the worst yeah. fucking nickname I have ever heard in my life. That's so dumb. Like, that's so dust. People try so but... hard to create these nicknames. And again, it's like, yo, it's the Splash Brothers. You can call them the Splash Triplets. Or, hey, don't make up a name. It's okay. Yeah. Things things will be all right. Wait. Don't make up a name. The greatest nickname. No, that came you're out not of this going with the PTSD playoffs. one. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not Nuggets. Okay. It's not the Warriors related. The best nickname that came out of these playoffs, I guess, season, is Grand Theft Alvarado. Yeah, I love that. Grand yeah. Theft Alvarado. Wait, 
It's oh, it was one. just for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. I like that. Yeah, yeah I like that. And I also saw the clip that you sent us because um, obviously we, we talked about the Kenny shoot. Yes, I can shoot clip, um, but that it was yeah. extended. And he's like, <laughs> I'm the light skin Pat Dev. So that was kind of funny. He's like, I'm better. I don't know if you guys got that at the end. He's like, I'm light skin yeah, Pat yeah, Dev. I'm better. better. Uh, but Chris, what what about you? What was that one moment that kind of stands out to you in, in these first round of the 2022 playoffs? Um, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to first about an apology for some Chris Paul slander that I had. Although I do think he did do what I said he needed to do. He went out there. He faced his demons in that mm. ref. Uh, what's his name? Scott Foster. Um, yeah. yeah. Guy shot, what, 14 for 14 that night? Mm-hmm. At least so, Is that yeah. a record? Yeah. Is that a record? Shout out. So now I can look at Scott Foster in his face and say... Can do it in LA. Like Thanks a lot. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually surprising to see that. And uh, it was actually a really cool thing to watch too as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So now we will stay in that West uh, and we'll stay with Chris Paul. We'll stay with the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns are playing the Dallas Mavericks um, in the second round. I almost said the first round in the second round of the NBA playoffs this year. I'm just going to pull up um, our predictions here, but um, Sivash, do you want to start us but off? It was with... still valid. Yeah, of course. We can't change it. Yeah, that's you can't no... change it. Yeah, that's so like <laughs> yeah. that's so on, you know, dust. Uh, Sivash, yours oh, is the first. You if you go to the Lob It Up podcast, uh, Lob It Up Pod on Instagram, um, you'll see Sivash is the first pick that's on the screen. So, um, you have the Phoenix Suns in six. Give us your breakdown. Yeah, I think uh, this is one of those series where. We're going to see that everything that Dallas does, the Suns are going to do better. I think defensively, Dallas has been a great fourth quarter team since the middle of the season, but Phoenix has been that since the beginning of the season. Dallas has a great playmaker and offensive coordinator in Luka Doncic. You got the point guard on the other team. Dallas has great spacing. And so does the Suns, and they got a great center to counter that as well. Mm-hmm. I think everything you can see with what um, the Dallas can do, the Suns can do it better. And, of course, they do have all these different pieces like Mikhail Bridges, like Cam Johnson, like DeAndre Aiden, uh, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um you all right over there? This is dying over there. Yo, <laughs> <Right. laughs> I felt like my rib cage was gonna fucking explode. Like don't a little do Don't do that. Oh, don't just, die uh, on the podcast, yeah, bro. I know, that's, right? I feel like that's like a liability. We might have to be like, you know, <laughs> we don't have insurance. sued or something for that. Um, you know, by him? Somebody, well, not by him. He'd be dead. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, I totally agree with everything uh, that you said, Siavash. That's honestly why I picked the Phoenix Suns. I also picked them in six. Um, you know, you got Chris Paul. Um, you got the versatility. You got the depth. I would almost argue that Dallas has more depth. Um, but what a you know what a big piece that stuck out to me was was the coach. Uh, you know, all respects to Jason Kidd. Um, not taking anything away from him. Bless you as well. Is your rib cage all right? Yeah. No, I'm about to die. Okay, too. okay, great. It'll be a solo show here, folks. Um, but uh, it'll be it's Monty Williams, man. He, you know, um, Steve Ash, I believe he was your coach of the year pick. 
super impressive. Um, and when it comes to the playoffs, especially when it comes deeper into the playoffs, it's about experience. Um, and it's about, you know, the chess match, you know, strategies and, you know, matchups, lineups. So I'm um, not saying that Jason Kidd doesn't have that. Obviously, he's a former NBA player. Um, just with the experience that the Phoenix Suns got last year. Um, and, you know, that I go back to that clip of Devin Booker standing there watching the confetti fall and the Milwaukee Bucks raising the NBA trophy. Um, and he just goes, damn, like they, they're hungry for it. You know what I mean? Chris Paul is probably the hungriest man in the league for the Larry OB. So, um, yeah, that's why I took the Phoenix Suns. But there's someone on the podcast that did not take the Phoenix Suns. And this was very shocking to me. And I remember messaging you. I was away for the Bachelor weekend whenever you mm-hmm. had, uh, whenever, you know, you had sent it to me. And I messaged him. He said, Maz and Seven. And I said, wow, you are crazy. I love it. Spicy C instead of spicy P. He said, I'm choosing chaos. Now, tell us why. Tell us why you chose the Mavs over the Suns. Literally, no rhyme, no reason. (laughs) And who can we trust, brother? (laughs) Like I said, I am choosing pure chaos. Um, And I'm just going to trust my gut. My gut says Mavs and seven. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm going to listen to my gut. Wow. Now, maybe I'll end up with a little bit of indigestion or maybe it's just some gas or something. And it's going to be a Phoenix and six, but but who knows? But for now, the gut says Mavs and seven. Well, that's probably why when you sneezed, you had all that, you know, stuff trying to come out of your chest. It was the it was the Dallas Mavericks pick. But, you know, that's fair. I mean, you know, Luka Doncic is one of those guys. I don't think he's on Giannis's level. I'm not saying that, but he's definitely one of those guys that can take over a series. We haven't seen it. Um, You know, he hasn't been able to get to the first round for the past two years, but he did it this year. He got over the Utah Jazz and I have seen other people also picking the Mavs. So I'm not throwing it out as a as uh you know something that that won't Crazy. happen i definitely think that you know a lot of people no one has this as a sweep a lot of people are giving mm-hmm. the respect to to dallas and so we'll have to wait and see but that will be an exciting um match of just seeing devin booker and luka Doncic going back and forth um okay now moving down to the other uh the other series in the west it's kind of that veteran team that we've been here before we're experienced you know They've got Steph, they've got Clay, they've got Draymond, Iggy on the bench, Steve Kerr behind the bench. And then they, they're facing that immature team that we were talking about, that team that had a great season, very young, one of the youngest teams in the league, got some things to tweak. So, um, Chris, I'll start with you this time. You had the Memphis Grizzlies, and you had them in seven. So, again, another yeah. upset, as you as you call it. Um, let us know what your breakdown is here, man. Uh, it's just these young guys on the Grizzlies and how physical they are. Even just watching like the first eight minutes of this game or whatever, it's like you know Minnesota went on like a, I think it was like a ten and zero run just to start the game type mm-hmm, of thing. That's true. And again, it's just physical, 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 physical. Because who was it? Was it yeah Brooks ejected after yep. three minutes? Yep. You know. Um, you, you know, you got Draymond doing Draymond stuff. So it's, it's really nice to see that like level of defense. You got Jaron Jackson Jr. Shooting out of his mind. Um, he's a little quieter tonight, but even still, you know, he's, he's getting the points doing what he has to do. And people are just, you know, stretching the floor where it's like, you know, you have the Warriors, great guys, 
Obviously, I'm not looking to Draymond to score. You just pretty much have to contain, like, Curry, Thompson, and, like, Poole, essentially. And, you know, Wiggins, eh, here and there, but... Yeah, I mean, I shout out to Jaw in that game that we dropped, just watched that game two. He had, like we had mentioned, 45, yeah. two 45 point games under 23. He dropped 47, uh, eight and eight tonight. But one person, one player on that Grizzlies team that I think is very important for the success of the Grizzlies, and he didn't do well tonight. It's not Jaron Jackson Jr., as you mentioned. Um, it's mm-hmm. Desmond Bain. He did not have a good night. Mm-hmm. Um, no. You know, they did get the win, so that's great. Um, but you know, five points, six rebounds, which is great, but he didn't even shoot the ball that much. He shot two for seven when it was one for four from three. Um, but you know, I can respect that. I can, I can see the Grizzlies moving on. It's just watching Golden State in that first series. I was super impressed. It's just, it's again, one of those points where you watch Steph and for a long time, I was a Steph hater, not a Steph hater. I just didn't like Steph. Because we would always go against him, you know, the Clippers would always go against him. I'm like, man, fuck this guy. Like, this fucking baby face guy always fucking kills us. Like, he's shooting from, like, half court. Like, what the hell is this bullshit? But, I know, as as he's gotten older and as I've seen him a bit more, and I think especially what did it for me was last year. And seeing him really kind of take the reins, you know, being by himself and being as impressive, as impressive. I was like, holy fuck, this guy's actually really good. And... You 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 watch him, and you can't help but laugh. You're just like this guy is amazing. So, um, Steve Ash, give us your breakdown um, and why you took the Golden State Warriors to win in six. I think a lot of what Chris has mentioned is valid, um, but for me personally, I just have a difficult time seeing the Warriors that Warriors team lose tonight. What we saw was the Grizzlies putting in a decent effort. Jaw, of course, going crazy. Desmond Bain, I think the reason he wasn't doing so well, just from glancing at the game here and there, was because Jaw was doing so great that he just kind of let him cook. But for the most part, even with all that, the Warriors lost by five points. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the point differential you got to look at it and see how, even last game, the Grizzlies, uh, Jaren Jackson Jr., as Chris mentioned, went nuclear. And, yeah, of and course, the Warriors... The Warriors one by one point. Yeah, with no Draymond, but which even is, that, yeah, go ahead. But even that, that was the end of the game where there was just a few things going on. I will mention, Clay missing two free throws. At the end of this game, I was just watching the game log. He had to travel. Clay Thompson got a, I don't know what's going on with him. Well, the past two games. I'm looking at him right now, 5-19, two for, 2 for 12 from 3. So not super impressive. And if you want to know someone that's more upset than anybody about Clay Thompson missing those two free throws, I had a buddy that had Golden State Warriors to win by two. What it was on it's yeah. on the spread at one and a half, and they won by one. He was pissed. That's all he needed. I think it was like eight dollars oh. for like four hundred and fifty dollars. He was very upset, but that's um. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the reason I was high on the Golden just talking about the game tonight. The reason I was high on the Golden State Warriors to win tonight was like you mentioned, they won last game and they didn't have Draymond. They didn't have the best shooting. Uh, Triple J went nuclear, and you know I want to ask you guys this. I'm looking at the starters. Clay Thompson played 41 minutes. Steph Curry played 39 minutes. Andrew Wiggins played 38. Draymond played 32. Gary Payton played three. 
Now this is the second game in this series that we've seen someone get ejected from the game early on. Gary to, Payton. To be fair, Gary Payton got hurt, wasn't it? Yeah. But off with the says. Dylan Brooks off the Dylan Brooks yeah. ejection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Brandon Clark didn't get injured. Yeah, Brandon Clark didn't get injured, you know, thankfully. Thankfully. Um, mm-hmm. But just in general, like, what do you guys, you know, what, what's your thoughts on that? And do you think that this is going to continue? Um, it just seems like a very physical matchup. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you this is going to continue. I, I wouldn't be doubt. I, I would not be surprised if Draymond doesn't get ejected again at, like, some point. Um, and if another Memphis player gets ejected too. Like, I could even see Jaw being ejected because he On gets again so emotional, yeah. technical, boom, boom, you're gone. And these ejections really are swinging things in some teams' favor. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it did hurt Memphis to lose Brooks, but I don't know, maybe it gave Jaw the room to go nuclear like he did today. Yeah. And then the last game, losing Draymond didn't really affect them, but like, Maybe they would have won more than my one point. For sure, yeah. Oh. Uh, St- uh, Stephen A. Smith talked on his show with Kendrick Perkins. Um, I can't remember the exact number, but his point was that Kendrick Perkins was in the top 10 all-time of, of technical fouls and ejections. But Draymond is on that top 10 for both regular season and playoffs. The question I want to ask you, um, I almost called you Draymond. Uh, the question I want to ask you, Siavash, <laughs> is do you think if... Uh, do you think if... So disrespectful. <laughs> to who? To who? Uh, um, to me. Uh, the thing I want to ask you is, you know, obviously, like I mentioned, Gary Payton only played three minutes. Do you think, and they lost by five, do you think if Gary Payton played the whole, you know, the whole game, do you think that this would be a different outcome? Just because he's shown a, a, a great improve in the defensive aspect during the playoffs so far. Yeah, I mean, he's a great defender. Um, not even because of his father and all that, but because <laughs> yeah. of just how uh, involved he's on defense. If mm-hmm. you watch the game, you can see this guy is really making an impact. Yeah. So having him out of that lineup, it kind of creates a weird situation for the Warriors. Sure. I mean, I was watching the game. There was moments I'm like, these guys just seem like they're just putting it together on the spot. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel like as planned as it should have been. And I think that injury did affect them a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I mean, the six games is still valid to me because the Warriors just won one game at Memphis. So that kind of gives them an advantage. Now Memphis has lost that home court advantage, and we're going to see how they're going to play in Golden State. Mm-hmm. Now I have Golden State in five. Um, again, I, I'm still super impressed by them. Um, do I think it might go a bit longer? Possibly. Um, I'm still going to rock with Golden State in five. I just it, they're just an experienced team, and I think you know, especially the later you get on in the playoffs, experience trumps all. Um, so that's why I have the Golden State Warriors in five. But let's slide over to the East, and I'll start with you, Chris. Um, the Miami Heat versus 76ers series. Um, and this is the only series that we were all in agreements. Wow, I just said it again. Last episode, I said agreements. That's not even a word. Um, it's either agreement or agreeance. The Miami Heat series is the only series that we're all in agreeance with with. today i'll blame it on the tiredness but i have no excuse any other time um miami heat you've got them in uh you got them in five tell us give us your breakdown um again i think looking at miami the miami heat miami heater are 
a very similar team to like the Raptors where it comes to like, you know, they have all these like defensive schemes, offensive schemes, all these things that they can use to work like their advantage. Um, I didn't know literally until actually even watching like the game because I didn't get to catch like the whole Sixers game. So I just caught highlight. Didn't even occur to me that Joel wasn't playing. Mm. I didn't even see him. I didn't realize he actually had a broken face. Yeah. So he wasn't playing. Um, I think that's going to be a huge factor um, for, for sure. the 76ers, not having him in there. Um, just because, you know, you do have players like Bam, like down there, who are going to be able to, you know, probably bully Tobias Harris like a little bit, or whoever you decide to shift down onto him. Um, and then I don't, again, can't really read into this. I don't know. I think I saw a tweet earlier where it showed that, like, you know, Maxi was getting kind of pissed off with Hart. I did see that. Stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, now, one thing I will say is I often try not to read into bench mm-hmm. skirmishes between teammates because it happens all the time. We saw it with this Miami Heat team earlier this yeah. year. We talked about it. It was the Golden State Warriors. Their offense was literally upsetting Miami to the point that they were, you know, almost fighting on, you know, the, the sidelines. So, um, I don't know. I, I think they'll they'll probably figure it out. But um yeah, I, I it's probably, you know, of concern uh for them moving forward, especially not having Joel. I believe he might come back for um game three, game four, we'll see. But the last game was a fourteen point deficit, so it was a big enough spread. Um Tobias Harris, our guy, like we were talking last yeah. episode, did his thing, twenty seven points, six rebounds, so shout out to him. Second best Tobias I know. Well, it's, it's probably Tobias Fumke. Wow. Tobias Fumke. <laughs> I'm probably third. Um, but uh, Siavash, uh go ahead. Give us your breakdown. You also took Miami M5. Um, do you think... I don't... I guess this was... These predictions were done after Kyle Lowry being out was announced. But um, do you think that that will affect the Miami Heat? Um, obviously, J- Joel is not there. But Kyle, it does have a... A positive impact on that team as a leader. I don't know how out of touch I am, but I did not know Kyle was out. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I just found out from you. Thank you. Breaking news. I don't know how this is going to affect it. I'll be honest. Um, I did, when we gave out our predictions, I didn't know about Joel. And that's where I just looked at the roster and I was like, look, Harden is not the same Harden we've mm-hmm. known him to be. So I don't think they're going to be able to pull this out. Uh, Kyle Lowry not being there definitely is going to affect it, but I still got Miami uh, winning it. Uh, maybe six games, but five is definitely doable. So the thing I like about us kind of doing this late is we get, uh, you know, actual breaking news, not me breaking the news. Um, whenever, news? yeah, uh, just speaking on Gary Payton from that last series, um, uh, he's got a fractured left elbow. He'll have an MRI tomorrow, so... Um, by the time you're hearing this, he'll have already had that MRI, but uh, that's very unfortunate, um, especially for the defensive aspect of the Golden State Warriors. Um, sticking with the Miami Heat, though, I took them in six. Again, uh, we're all in agreement in this series. Um, again, I, I I like Miami. They're they're like you had mentioned. They're they're similar to to Toronto. They have versatility. They can switch. Um, I think Bam will be a major factor, and we saw that in Game 1. He dropped 24 and 12, um, and Bam hasn't been getting a lot of rebounds in the playoffs so far, um, but uh, he'll he'll definitely be collecting his boards with no Joel there for sure. Um, so I don't think there's anything too much 
to weigh on on that series, especially because we all agree. But let's go to one that when we talked about doing the predictions and speaking about the predictions on the podcast, um, after the game one, I feel like, Sivash, you wanted to change your prediction on this series. However, after tonight's game, you know, uh, you did pick Boston to win in six. Are you sticking with that prediction? Boston in six. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're mentioning about me wanting to change my prediction. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you have real hard evidence on that. Yeah, but, probably dementia. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, so I do still have Boston winning in six. Um, game one was just a fascinating game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston shot 10 two-point field goals. Yeah. And it's just hilarious because I think that they would have uh, tied the record if they had nine with the 2017 uh, Rockets, mm-hmm. the team that uh, lost to the Warriors. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, they they just had a terrible game, game one. Uh, Jalen Brown was definitely a ghost. Yeah, he was. And this game, it did not feel good coming into it because there was a, uh, news that Marcus Smart was going to be out for that game. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely confident on the Bucks doing well, but the Celtics stuck to their guns and stuck to their strengths. And they made it difficult for Giannis and anybody else on that team to do anything they wanted. They went with the mm-hmm. big size lineups that they had. And similar to how they played KD in the last series, they played Giannis. And he basically, I saw a play where Giannis tried to do a spin on Grant Williams. That man was not moving. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I like, I'm very impressed with Jason Tatum, to be honest with it, with his defense and his ability, his ability to kind of hold down Giannis in the first game again like you mentioned it didn't look like he was doing that good of a job I think he was going to take the same approach that he took with KD uh, that he was taking on Giannis and they're just you know both great players but Giannis is not the same uh, build that KD is Mm -hmm. Um, but you know it was considered kind of a blowout when we were watching that Milwaukee Boston game Milwaukee really kind of limited Boston um, and that was a what a 12 point win Tonight, the Boston Celtics beat the Miami. Uh, no, Miami. That's how you. Can, that's how tired you can tell I am. The Mil- that, they beat the Milwaukee Bucks by twenty three points. So again, you mentioned without Marcus Smart, and my thought was coming into this game when they announced Marcus Smart not being there. Shit happens in the playoffs. We saw with Booker going out, right? You know, we saw last year with Kawhi going out. If you're actually that team, if you're actually that competitive of a team, you think you're that good, then you need to face the adversity and, you know, win without those guys. And they were able to do that, and they were able to do that with, you know, passing that test of flying colors. Marcus Smart, winning Defensive Player of the Year, whether you agree with it or not, one of the league's best defenders. And they were still able to beat the my fuck. I just did it again. They were still able to beat the Milwaukee Bucks by by over twenty points. So super impressive. Um, in this series, I also had Boston in six. I have Boston in the, in the NBA finals. That's my prediction. I have them coming out of okay. the East. I'm, I'm super impressed by them, even though they've been a pain in my chest the whole season, up and down, playing with my emotions <laughs> like a roller coaster. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with the C's. And, you know, I again, after tonight, it just further, you know, makes me more confident with that selection. However, I did say there was only one series 
that we all agreed on. And as much as I've said Miami in this Milwaukee and Boston series, Milwaukee is a selection of Chris. Chris, why do you have the Bucks? Is it, are you riding with your guy Giannis? Um, and you know, what do you have them in? You have them in six, right? Hmm. Have them in six. Milwaukee in six. Um, so we'll break it down. Pretty much like you said, it's like they're gonna with Boston doing kind of the same thing that they were trying to do with the Brooklyn Nets and guarding, um, you know, Giannis the way they guarded KD. KD and Giannis aren't the same animal, bro. <laughs> yeah. um, I must I must have missed that play where you said uh, you know Giannis tried to spin off Grant Williams and Grant Williams didn't move because I saw three other plays where Giannis trained through the man and the man's looking up at him from his back pause but unless they're throwing two plus guys at Giannis like they're not stopping Giannis um, it's just you just need these the other players basically to perform too as well you know, Bobby Portis, you know, he played fairly well tonight. Um, obviously didn't help, too, that, like, you know, Brooke Lopez was very quiet as well. And also, too, you know, I think what well, he got fouled out. Um, Drew Holiday played well. But, not, but other than that, I guess you can really kind of see, like, they are missing, like, Chris yeah, Middleton, like, a little sure. bit, who was that dedicated secondary score if Giannis couldn't, you know, do his thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm banking it all basically on Giannis right now. And just, I, I, I think it's going to basically be who gets tired first. Is it Giannis? Is he going to burn out first or the Boston Celtics going to burn out first, basically trying to guard? Him. Yeah. Um, but I also will commend the Boston Celtics tonight for, um, just their switches off the ball, just not giving up shots. Like, you know, Tatum, made a couple big threes by passing mm -hmm. the ball off rather than, you know, standing still and just staying there, moved himself into an open position, was able to free up for a three. And for whatever reason, Milwaukee just was not closing out, just letting him shoot those open threes and obviously hitting those shots. Yeah. This, the Jason Tatum's quickly, again, I've already said it. I said it in two mm -hmm. years. I, and then I think I said it a couple of podcasts ago, a couple of years, uh, not a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jason Tatum is going to be a top five player in the league. Without a doubt, at the start of next year, it's gonna be yeah. Especially after I, I will say right now, but I don't know if y'all flame if y'all will flame <laughs> me for that. But I mean, I think at the start of the season next year, if you're gonna list your your top five players in the league, you know, reflecting on the season that was this season and then the playoffs, however it turns out, you'll look at that guy and you'll say, <laughs> he's pretty damn good. Because I, Giannis, I don't think of JT LeBron, as a as a defender AD. like that. So I mean. I mean, you you select your top five. I mean, I'm not here to not here to criticize you or anything. Okay, so well, that was the four matchups in Russ. the round. Yeah, okay, in the round two, um, I do have um, I do have a little bit of a I don't even know what it's called series or question or segment. There we go. I knew it started okay. with an S. Uh, it's 1242. Um, it's called Who's Next. Um, now I don't agree with every single one of these, um, but I want you to give me a answer on one of them. You gun to your head. You have to pick one of these guys. You can't, or one of these options. You can't, you know, be like, oh, back out. I don't want to pick on either of them. They're both going to be there. They're both not going to be. Who's next is a segment of, I'm going to give you one guy from each team or 
from the team. Um, and you have to pick who's going to be there next year and who's going to be traded. So we'll start, um, we'll start with the Nuggets. Again, I don't even think either of these guys will be gone. However, I'm putting it out to you. Who's next to be traded? Who's next to be moved? Jamal Murray or MPJ? If the Nuggets had to move one of those guys, which one are you moving? See, Ash, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go first. But I think that's an easy answer. I'm going to go ahead with MPJ. Okay. Is it the injury the injury stuff. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think the injury stuff is definitely an issue. Um, the contract is also definitely hefty for this, considering the injuries. Mm-hmm. So if they can get away from one of those guys, I think MPJ will be first. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I totally agree um, with C there. Um, I definitely could not see them moving away from, you know, their star point guard, Jamal Murray, because essentially the team is built around Jamal and Jokic. Yeah. MPJ was just like a, a nice accessory For sure. to that squad. So yeah, if they got to ship one, it's it's going to be MPJ. For sure. Now I should say these all, uh, there's eight options. There's eight teams here. They're all teams that were eliminated in the first round. Um, mm. So we just started in the West. I'm going to go over the East. I'm going to go to the Atlanta Hawks. No, I'm not putting Trey Young in there. That is their cornerstone piece, even though he shot eight percent in the first game. Collins or Capella, Chris, you gotta you gotta move one of them. Are you moving John Collins or are you moving Clint Capella? Oof, it's tough, right? That's tough. Both kind of have have had rumors this year about moving, and you know, could be assets. Somewhere I else. would probably say I'm gonna move Clint. Clint Capella, okay. Now what? It, I I think I would agree with you on that, um, but I want to hear I want to hear why. Um, you know, I just looking at both players, and again looking at like the seasons they've had. Um, you know what? Who is it? Clint's what? Slightly older, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I don't know, man. Like. Yeah, I, I just think Clint. I just think Clint Compella is just not as productive. Sure, sure. Um, that, that's all. That, I, that, that's just for me as John Collins, and I and I and I think they could easily fill that void, even if they went like a small ball and didn't have as big of a center as Clint. I I think they could still still do fairly well without. Well, and they could fit that theme of small ball and still have that center in Oneka Oneka Akungwu. What a tongue twister there. Um, Former USC Trojan. Um, I'm a big fan of his as well. Even though he's Mm -hmm. a 6'9 center, you know my opinions on undersized centers. I don't like them. But he's a a great... I'm not comparing him to to that, but just in terms of his size and his abilities, kind of similar to Robert Williams in... um, in uh boston six nine center good rebounder good on defense um see Vash, i propose the same question to you collins or capella who are you moving i think the easiest answer would be capella but at the same time capella is a top 10 center in the league right now oh, interesting the list isn't as enticing right. as when you look at power forwards though yeah. Because, like, power forwards, they can come up with different options. And then Collins might be a top 15 or 20 guy, whereas Capello isn't that higher end. But I think still you would go with Capello because his role can be replaceable with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Whereas Collins, you got to find yourself somebody who has his size, 
pause and his shooting yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Um, okay, sticking with you, Bash, moving back over to the West. You know, one guy is your favorite, probably your favorite player in the league. Um, the other guy we've talked about um, and we mentioned uh, his inconsistency so far in the playoffs. My opinion is he thinks he's the best player on the team and he's not the best player on the team. Carl Anthony Towns or D'Angelo Russell? Who are you getting rid of? Again, some of these are well, really easy options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, I spoke about this a little bit earlier when we were talking about um, Minnesota's loss mm-hmm. in that series. I think D'Lo has to be looked at as if he can be the mm-hmm. um, next point guard next to Ant and Cat moving forward. Mm-hmm. Of course, him and Cat are boys, but at some point, if you're the GM, you guys look around. Exactly. You got, you know, I mean, I was thinking about DeMar and Kyle Lowry the other day and how much their friendship was impactful for that team. But once they were able to make that move, they were able to take that next step and go win a championship. I'm not going to say the same for Timberwolves, but I think if you got a guy like Ant, who is such a big cornerstone for the future, you might want to surround him with somebody else that can help him develop. Yeah, and I mean, for me, like I like I said, kind of jokingly, but kind of serious, D'Lo sometimes act like, acts like he's the best player on the team. Um, I saw that a lot in the playoffs, um, kind of playing hero ball, per se. Um, I saw that with Jaw in Game 1 against the Golden State Warriors. It's just, I think it's maybe just the youth and the inexperience, trying to play hero ball, taking everything on, on his shoulders at the end of the game. I get it, you're the guy, but D'Lo is not Jaw. You know what I mean? So, uh I, I agree. It would be D'Lo, but uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on that? No, um, again, fairly easy answer. I'm going to move D'Lo. Um, yes, I was like, both players can be fairly inconsistent, but again, during this entire series when things did matter, D'Lo was the quieter of the two players. Mm-hmm. And himself. Um, and again, you know, the list of really good centers isn't like terribly long as well yeah. and you know cat is on that list so yeah. to move away from kind of that to keep somebody else who's you know what you are a point guard if whatever they could probably even make do with pat bev for the time yeah type of thing you know yeah. just go with his veteran leadership mm-hmm. so yeah you could run like pat bev beasley ant mm-hmm. vanderbilt and uh and cat there um okay so we'll go back over to the east and i'll start with you um on this one chris now remember you gotta pick one and i could have picked two players here but because of recent rumors and as rudy gobert has recently said there's a root a new rumor every day doesn't mean they're real um and Masai laughed this off nick kind of laughed this off as well but who's next who's who if 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 one had to go Next season, if one was gone next next season, is it Fred or is it Nick Nurse? Fred or Nick Nurse? Yeah. Damn. Uh, I was gonna pick Pascal, but like again, just because of the Nick news that has has come up as of late, I figured got shut down. Out. No, I know, I but that's that's what I'm saying. A new rumor every day doesn't mean it's an actual truth rumor. Yeah. Um. Well, I think like if you had to get rid of one of them. Like, I guess it would be Fred then. Mm. Like, they're they're not gonna give up like Nick Nurse mm-hmm. as a coach. Um, and it does suck because like as much I think even Demar said this um in like an interview about why he wouldn't come back to the Raptors kind of thing. 
because it wouldn't feel like his team. Like that team is oh, now interesting. I didn't Fred's that. and Pascal's now. Like that's their team, and the only re- way he would come back again if like Lowry was there, then it again would feel like his team again. Mm-hmm. But um, it would suck to break up that that dynamic. But I, yeah, I think it would hurt like way more to lose like a coach like Nick Nurse. Sivash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything I agree with Chris. You do not want to lose a guy like Nick Nurse, and as you mentioned in the last part, um, point guards are easier to grab. Mm-hmm. Than a good coach, so like, and again, and again, go ahead. Got so many point guards too. Like you've got a point guard in like Malachi Flynn that you're working on. Oh. Um, you know if the guy sturdies up his game. You've got a point guard in Delano Banton who's like a what seven foot point guard, like a fucking free throw. You know my opinion again. Like, I had nothing against him. He's just so clunky out there. His legs, know, like his, he, his legs are his legs are too small and I his know. shoes are like too big. It's like wait, something it's needs so to be funny. fixed. Yeah, like watch it up too. Like he always looks like he's hunched because he's like, oh, he's probably got to be like. It's just like low. he's out there, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, playing exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he's what I think of every time I see him. I'm like, this is like a Scarborough represent playing for the Raptors. Um, Pretty okay, much. Okay, we'll go back to back with Chris here, going back over to the West. Um, we'll go with Zion. Or a playoff appearance. I couldn't think of another New Orleans Pelicans player. So Zion or a playoff appearance, what is going to be traded next year, per se? Like, how far are we going? Like a playoff like they did? A playoff appearance. A playoff appearance. Just just go into the playoff. We've talked, you know, about them potentially being a top four pick. Or top four seeds. I'm going to say Zion. uh, I'm going to say trade away the playoff pick because... I'm going to keep Zion because mm-hmm. you've already seen without Zion, the team is already able to make the playoffs mm-hmm. and, you know, again, arguably perform very well. It might have been a different story if they weren't playing the number one seeded Suns, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, just adding Zion again, it's just, like I said, going to add this defensive pressure and these other offensive options. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm keeping Zion. Yeah. Trading away that <laughs> playoff. Yeah. See you, Bash? Are you, in, are you in agreements with that? Agreements. I'm in agreements with Chris. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go back to an old saying that uh, still sticking around, even though the team is not really doing this process, is the trust the process Sixers. Mm-hmm. They gave away their chances at the playoffs to be able to have a better team in years to come. And, of course, they got a guy like Joel who developed into an MVP-level player. Um and we have seen situations like we mentioned before, Minnesota in 2017, going all out to make the playoffs, but then they didn't go far and they had a bad team for years to come. So, yeah, I'm in agreement with Chris. I think I'm, I would give away the playoffs appearance just to have Zion. And we're just going to keep it at that. I'm not going to go into like, what if Zion this, yeah. what if Zion that. Yeah. Yeah. Just going to keep it at that chance of having a superstar on my team. For sure. I totally agree. Um, okay, so I just did back-to-back for Chris. Now I'm going to do back-to-back for Sivash. Sivash, we've been waiting. I know why you did that. We've been waiting on your team here. Uh, Levine or Vooch? Levine or Vooch? Vooch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear it. Vooch, I want to hear it. <laughs> you want to hear what, man? Like, listen, it's been a rough last week yeah. in the NBA Twitter and, you know, in the NBA talks where... Levine gave an exit interview saying, I love Chicago. It's been a great experience. A lot of past tense. I don't like that. 
A lot of past Yeah, tense. I don't like that. Yeah. Then DeJounte Murray posting a Photoshop picture of him in San Antonio. Interesting, I like because it. I didn't know what it was. I saw a tweet, and then I saw someone quote tweet. it be like, yo, this is crazy from DeJounte Murray. But the tweet was, was removed. But maybe. The tweet was removed. I was like, oh, I wonder what it was. So there you go. Thank you for... Yeah, I think it was King of the Fourth Quarter, uh, Kenny, that post that was like, yo, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's it's, get, it's looking crazy out there right now. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. My emotions are so shaking about the subject. But if I had to give up anybody, I'm going to cut off Vooch first. I think that would be, if you were given any player on the Bulls, you would probably get rid of Vooch first. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few more names. Okay. So Tristan Thompson is at, uh, the, st- at the top of the list. Fair enough. I gave you that law because I know Levine's your guy and I just wanted you to, you know, to talk about him. And, and I totally agree, but Chris, I'll let you speak on that as well. Just Levine or Vooch, you know, if you got to get rid of one next season, who, who is it? I guess, honestly, man, I'm going to get rid of Levine. We're just going to have Kobe White step up and... Uh, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, nah, I, I agree with, with Seattle. I would be getting rid of Vooch too, you know, um... Now I have a question. Vooch Sorry, to be a top ten center. That's where I was about to go. Would Vooch? Oh, was gonna would Vooch be a top ten center? You know, if we're talking Capella being a top ten center, is Vooch in that uh, in that list as well? Because, like you had mentioned, it's easier. You know, it's, it's harder to get a top ten center maybe than it is a shooting guard. Mm-hmm. I, was like, got, I what, was like, fuck. Jokic, Joel, Gobert, Cat, Aiden. Vooch. Who else we got? Like, yeah, I think Vooch is a top ten center, or at least near that. Valanciunas but I think being in... there. Nah. No. No. Uh, that uh, might be on the edge. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people ranked Vooch as sixth. Looking yeah. at him, so I guess you know. Yeah, he would be top ten for sure. But even with that, I think you would rather. Well, we know where Levine have a sits. Guy like Levine, top three shooting guard. And he's exactly. not three or two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Booker Booker's so bought. Yeah, no, so I know. I feel you. Just throwing that back to an early episode of the, of the Lob It Up podcast this season. Um, okay, staying in the East. And again, staying with your guy. We talked about him a bit. We talked about both these guys a bit. Kyrie or Ben? I'll start with you, Siabash. The Brooklyn Nets got to move one of them at the start of the season. Both can, you know, they can make their arguments. Kyrie or Ben, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, what are you doing? You would have to go with Ben just off the, just off the logistics of Kevin Durant's happiness. Sure, sure. Kevin Durant is a guy that is hard to keep happy, but in the past few years, he has been happy because he's with his buddy, Kyrie. Mm -hmm. So even if you can keep that guy happy, you got a top three player in the league with you. And, and again, Kyrie's not so bad. You know, people want to always talk about how bad no. he is, but outside of the vaccine stuff, he's still a bucket. He's still, you know, plays well. And if you can surround yeah. those guys with good pieces, you're not going to have an issue making it to the playoffs or making a deep run. Yeah, also fuck all the, you know, fake Twitter reporters that were like, challenging Kyrie for smiling at the end of the series. He was smiling in the post conference, like in the press conference or whatever. He was talking about how happy he was for his brothers in Boston, how they deserved it, you know, their next up. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, I get it. Like, you know, we're used to the Kobe's and stuff, and I like that as well. But, like, you know, Kobe also didn't play for any other team. 
Kyrie's played with those guys, you know, he watched those guys grow up. Um, and now, you know, he, and he played against them and, and he lost them. So, you know, I think he's a little proud. So fuck everybody else for judging that. I just, I want to get that off, but, um, Chris, go ahead. Kyrie or Ben? Um, I'm going to get rid of Kyrie. Oh, I wow. About, I don't care about Katie's happiness. Nah. Okay. Your happiness is, this is a business. I'm not here. I'm not playing. You know, Christian Mingle. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Why, why have all the sites you pick Christian Mingle? Is it because I'm wearing it's a cross in it? three the one that I always remember okay. the commercials constantly. Okay. Or eHarmony. Yeah, you know, it's not Plenty that. of fish. Exactly. It's yeah. none of those. It's a business. So um, get you out of there, Kyrie. And we're going to say this is perfect, ideal Ben Simmons. Nothing going on between the years. And he is oh, ready shit. to play. So... I'm assuming I'm getting. You. I don't know if you can hear me or not. You're a little we frozen, can hear you. but I can hear you. But I'm assuming I can get perfect Ben Simmons. I'm gonna keep Ben Simmons. Yeah, but you gotta consider the happiness of your players too. Nah. Like, I'm not saying this is Christian Mingle, but at the end of the day, you gotta look at the guy like KD, who you can boop, keep boop, a top boop, three boop, player boop, on your team. Guy, we can so. This guy's going boop, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Troubleshooting over there. All right. And the final one. I'm going to start with you, Chris. Going to the Utah Jazz. This is probably yeah. the most speculated one. The Probably the one that's actually going to happen. A lot of these are, you know, duds and mm-hmm. fakes and just, you know, here for banter. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. You're the Utah Jazz. What are you doing in the offseason? I'm getting rid of uh, Rudy Gobert. Okay. Now why? Um, I'm going to keep the team around Donovan Mitchell. Um, again, yes, like Rudy Gobert has been a great defensive like rim protector, but other than that, you take him out of the paint, his defense is lackluster at best. You give anybody who can dribble the ball slightly, and Rudy Gobert is on skates and can't guard the man. Okay. He's... So, um, the reason I wanted Chris to go first is because, uh, Sebash, you shared a, an interesting video into the group chat. Um, and it was uh, about Rudy Gobert, um, his impact. And you, and I told you, I was at the, I was at the bachelor party, I think, when you sent it. Um, and you said basically, if they get, if, if the Jazz get rid of Rudy Gobert, you, I don't know if you said you don't know if they're even a play-in team or they might just be a play-in team. Um, so I ask you, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, if you're the Utah Jazz, what are you doing? And then can you just further elaborate for people that are listening, for people that are watching, um, why you think that the Utah Jazz would be uh, in that mediocre you know, era if they get rid of Rudy? The question you're asking, of course, as you mentioned before, we can't just say no. Yeah. We can't just say neither. Yeah. If I had to choose, if there was a, and you know, the rumor did go out, like uh, Rudy had said, it's either me or him. And I, in my mind, all I thought about that rumor was that's an easy way for him to go trade me sure. without saying trade exactly. me. Exactly. He looks good mm-hmm. it, to the organization, to the fans without actually looking back. Exactly. Any same person would keep John, uh, Donovan Mitchell on that team mm-hmm. because of his uh, impact as a playmaker and as a scorer. Of course, Rudy Gobert is a top three center. And that's where, I, if I had the choice, I would not 
do anything. I will not trade either of them. You got to pick one. I can't, you can't slime I out. Pick. I did pick. I'm going with Rudy if I had to make that decision. Okay. Now, going back to our conversation where I sent you guys our video, shout out to Thinking Basketball. It's a great YouTube page for anybody that loves basketball. Should go out and check them out. They do a great breakdown. And that breakdown of how the Dallas Mavericks playoffs, as well as a few years ago, over the years, how they've been losing in this playoff series is a great breakdown because of not just Rudy, but everybody else on that team. I said, if you take out Rudy from that defense, they're going to be a playing team. I still stand by that. Okay. Because Chris mentioned that if you take Rudy out the paint, anybody that can dribble a little, a little can get by him. I think he can make the case with anybody else on that jazz roster as well. I don't think they got a defensive player and their defensive strategy all year has been get somebody, get these guys into the paint mm -hmm. so Rudy can stop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you put a shooter on the team and Rudy cannot be in the paint. These are just easy drive-bys. And if Rudy tries to get in the paint, that's an easy open shot. And these guys are not doing the rotation they should be doing. Yeah. So I think the problem is bigger than Rudy. Um, I, I agree with, with a lot of that. Um, but surely I'm choosing Rudy, honestly, based based on his contract. His, his contract is not the greatest. I think it's still like four years, 35 plus million dollars, I think. Like, it's a pretty heavy contract. Again, you have youth in uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think Rudy's still like 30 years or just, just under 30 years. So it's not like he's an old guy. Um, but again, um, you know. I haven't always been the biggest Rudy fan. You put me more on an appreciation, I guess I would say, more than a fanship, but an appreciation for Rudy Gobert this year, Siavash. Um, but again, I still see him as a very one-dimensional player that really only affects, you know, a portion of the court. Um, and that's the defensive zone and the paint in the defensive zone. We've seen him be out by the three and just get cooked. So, um there's things I think that Donovan Mitchell needs to work on. I've been very vocal about that, um, but you're going to take youth. You know, you're going to take youth and potential when you when you're put up against that situation. And I totally agree. I think your Rudy coming out, whether that was you know him, him, he tweeted out saying there's a new rumor every day, blah blah blah. Um, whether it was real or not, um, I think that that's the decision that they make. Okay. No, I agree. That's about all I have. Um, that's about all the bandwidth that my eyes have and we've been recording for about an hour and 30 minutes almost as long as the new york rangers and pittsburgh Pen penguins played tonight i said miami bucks about eight times today that's not even a real franchise um so this is team. this is another yeah expansion team this is another uh this is another episode of lob it up after dark watching the golden state warriors and Memphis Grizzlies game live. We missed a bit of it, but definitely interesting. But we will catch you in the next one. We'll talk about more of the second round, see what's going on, and uh, you know, look forward to more of the off-season antics as they may happen uh, quickly, quickly, very soon, I think. So we'll catch you next one. Peace. Peace.